from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap, hour number two here on VSIN. Really? They didn't call a foul. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, just just hit each other and, and no fouls called. Uh, Alabama's getting hot, baby. Here we go. That's what I'm talking about. This is why I bet on you, Bama. Let's get red hot at home. And it's tied I, I just, up. I just wish you guys tied could up. see what a hypocrite Tim Murray is. Oh, I'm Five minutes ago, I hate Bama. They can't shoot. Why they keep shooting? Now, woo, look at Bama. Hey, I mean, I didn't, I didn't burn the ticket. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to uh, maybe it's best not to talk about it. Uh, let's get to our next guest, friend of Mr. King's here, close friend. Uh, you know him from uh, many stops along the way, whether it be in the ESPN, NBC, and now doing great work with SB Nation. Uh, Rob Stats Guerrera. By the way, little birdie said happy birthday. So happy birthday, you man! What a birthday! It is 11 o'clock on the East Coast, so this guy's joining us two knuckleheads. Hey, man, look, one of the best people I know in the business. Appreciate you coming on. Doesn't look a day over 21. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sean. (laughs) Um, Man, there's so much to dive into. We were just finishing the last segment, uh, Rob, on on the New England-Buffalo game, and and I think both Sean and I are fascinated how this game's going to play out, but... Don't really want to touch it right now. Minus four or four and a half, depending on where you look. The lowest total on the board at 44. Split the season series. Most recently, Buffalo getting their revenge of the win fest. Uh, back in Buffalo, temps expected, you know, single digits. How do you anticipate this and, and anything numbers-wise jumping out at you when it comes to New England and Buffalo? Well, the thing that worries me is what is Mac Jones going to be able to do in that kind of weather? If you go back and look at Mac Jones numbers in the month of December, he has not been very good. I mean, yeah, they blew out the Jags, but who doesn't blow out the Jags? I guess everybody except the Colts, really. Uh, So I'm a little worried about that. I don't have those same issues with Josh Allen. He's going to be able to get the ball through whatever kind of weather there is. And you saw him in the last game against New England. You could tell he wanted that game. He made huge plays all game long. So I know that it's Bill Belichick, and I know that it's the playoffs, but I actually feel pretty good about the Bills in this one. How about this? Uh, Josh Allen, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 4,000. 
and rushed for over 700 or 750, if I'm not mistaken. And what an accomplishment by the Bills quarterback. A lot of people had questions out of Wyoming if he was even worth a Mm -hmm. first-round draft pick. So stats tell me this. What am I missing when I look at the AFC playoffs? I know people call it analytics, but stats is a guy that also – puts common sense into his opinions, unlike some of his other brethren who just, okay, five, pi, two, four. <laughs> so as I look at the AFC playoffs, what am I missing? What's the statistic? What's the number? What's the, the hidden difference that's going to determine a, a win and a loss in one, on the AFC side? Well, the thing that jumps out to me is the Tennessee Titans might be the number one seed but they are not the best team in the AFC. They have more losses than any number one seed in recent memory. And I just don't have the confidence in Ryan Tannehill to be able to make a big play and get it done when it matters. Even with Derrick Henry back, I'm sorry. I just look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC and I think how many of those guys can go, for lack of a better term, God mode and just overcome adversity when a play breaks down and just drop a throw in a bucket deep down the field when you need a first down or a touchdown. And I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill is just not it. Mahomes can do it. Josh Allen can do it. I think Joe Burrow can do it. We even saw we even saw Derek Carr step up the other night against LA and make a big throw in a big spot. I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill to get that done. And I don't have any faith in Mac Jones to get that done either. So even though Tennessee might be the top seed in the conference, I don't think they're the best team and I don't think they're the scariest team. You know, Mac Jones, this is going to be a fascinating evaluation because all I've heard is, and this is not just you, Stats. You look at all the national platforms, you know, uh, Mac Jones and, you know, how limited he is, yet he's the most successful by far of this entire rookie class. How much of New England's struggles on offense are Mac Jones-related and how much of it is outside of Hunter Henry and Juno Smith, who've been average at best, do we even really recognize any of the other pass catchers that Bill Belichick currently has? That's what I think the issue is. I think Mac is, he's fine. He's okay. He's not horrible, but you got to get him some help there. And when your best wide receiver is Kendrick Bourne, I don't know if you're necessarily doing the most around him that you could possibly doing. So I think New England, you know, we like to think that, oh, the Patriots are back and here it comes with Bill Belichick. But they're kind of at the beginning of their roster build here, building this thing back up in the post Tom Brady era. To be honest, I think whatever you get out of New England, if I were a Patriots fan, it's kind of gravy at this point. You weren't expecting to make a deep playoff run with Mac Jones. So they're at the beginning of their swing here. They're going to be adding pieces around him. And I think they'll be better in the years to come. Talking once again to Rob Guerrero. Stats, as many of you know him from his stops at ESPN, Mike and Mike, uh, NBC. And now with SB Nation and hosts two podcasts, an NFL podcast and also a 49ers podcast. So let's jump into the 49ers because my first inclination was I like the 49ers in this spot. Now you're starting to see the line move against them a little bit. It's starting to feel like a, a trendy dog situation uh, with the 49ers, because what do we see last? We saw a phenomenal second half. So when you look at this matchup, 49ers at Cowboys come Sunday afternoon down at Jerry's World. How, how do you look at this one, Stats? 
It's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to one, can Jimmy Garoppolo take care of the football because we know the Cowboys can generate turnovers on defense. And number two, how well can the 49ers run the ball? Because if the Niners can run the ball and control the clock and take the ball essentially out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, we've seen with Kyle Shanahan, he has no problem running it till the cows come home, especially in the playoffs. He did it against Minnesota in 2019. In the NFC Championship game in 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes. So if the running game is working, Kyle Shanahan is going to stick with it. That's going to extend the time of possession in the 49ers' favor. That's going to keep Dak Prescott and company off the field. And I don't know that the Cowboys' defense is as good as it looks on paper. If you look at the Cowboys' schedule, they've played a lot of tomato cans at quarterback. And they kind of feasted on some bad quarterbacks during the regular season. So I don't think their defense is as good as it looks. And when Kyle Shanahan is in his bag offensively as a play caller, their offense is unstoppable. You know, it's a very interesting football game because stats started that off with if Jimmy Garoppolo right. doesn't turn the ball over and which defense has the most defensive touchdowns on the season, the Dallas Cowboys. So it's kind of like, are we going to get the first half Jimmy Garoppolo from the Rams game or the second half version that you know, looked outstanding Tell me what's the temperature inside the building at the quarterback position. You know, one of the things I think Kyle Shanahan has done a great job at, as you mentioned, is being creative in the run game. Debo Samuel gets the ball, Eli Mitchell, whatever other running back seems to be healthy that week. He finds a way to make it successful. If they had consistency at that position, I think the sky would be the limit. I know Trey Lance had three passes that have people feeling like he now was the right draft choice in the first round. But what's the temperature inside the building regarding the quarterback position? Well, look, that win last week gets you a lot of credibility in a locker room. But the truth with Jimmy Garoppolo is, as one of the 49ers beat writers described him, he's an arsonist that fights fires. You know, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo had a great <laughs> final two tries against the Rams. He did. He had a good drive at the end of regulation and he had a good drive in overtime, but they only needed those two drives because he threw two crushing interceptions, including a fourth quarter interception in the red zone. He fumbled a ball that torpedoed another possession for the 49ers. So yes, he came through at the end, but it's kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo giveth and Jimmy Garoppolo taketh away. He is the only thing that can derail that 49ers offense. And the same criticism I said of Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill applies to Jimmy G. Even when he's at his absolute best, he's just limited. He has a low ceiling as a quarterback. He is propped up by everybody around him and by one of the best offensive play callers in the sport. Now, I didn't agree, Stats, with the Trey Lance selection, but I did think that what Kyle wanted to do in a perfect world was be able to have two different packages. Should we expect to see some kind of wildcat package, even if Garoppolo is healthy for San Francisco on offense, just to give Michael Parsons and that front a, def a different look? I don't think so. And because that's so, so one thing that Kyle Shanahan said is he did not realize when they started with this Trey Lance package, which they kind of used early in the season, that he doesn't know how defenses are going to play him. And so he can't predict what they're, what they're going to call and how to counter that. So Kyle's all about rhythm as a play caller. He's good at learning your rules and cracking your code on defense. But if he doesn't know what your code is, he can't break it. And he doesn't get into enough of a rhythm when he's just bringing Trey in for one or two plays in the red zone here and there. 
And so he kind of stopped doing it halfway through the season. And the offense has been better off for it. Uh, I wouldn't say that Trey's development has been better off for it, but Kyle kind of basically admitted that he can't really do that. So I don't think, unless Jimmy's thumb acts up and he can't go, I think Trey Lance is going to stay on the sideline. At Stats on Fires, where you can find Mr. Guerrera. Uh, at, you just call him Stats? Stats. Just uh, call him Stats. Hey, before we let you run 30 seconds, uh, any thoughts on Cincy and Vegas in a short period? I'm buying into Cincinnati big time. I think Joe Burrow, the one thing he does, he'll press until it hurts. If Jamar Chase is getting open one-on-one downfield, as we saw, Burrow would just keep going to it until you stop it. And in the end, I have just more faith in Cincinnati stars than I do in Oakland, who is basically Darren Waller, and that's kind of it. You and Sean, simpatico on yes, that one. Happy birthday, sir. <laughs> really appreciate the insight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. At Stats on Fire. Check out the podcast as well. It's a nightcap here on Beeson. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSN, and folks, before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out our current betting splits data. This new feature. Gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits another way here at VSIN. We're just making you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits at VSIN.com. It is the nightcap here on VSIN alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Got a couple games where Sweating out here. Fun game actually going on. Got a CBS Sports Network over to our right. We've got a double <laughs> overtime situation with the fighting sister jeans of Loyola Chicago. Yeah. Uh, we've got Auburn and Alabama, which has been a hell of a game. And Auburn. What an opportunity, too. Is going to uh, I mean, to have Auburn escape here. Plus money. I mean, tremendous. Tremendous. I know. Yeah. I mean, imagine last night. Imagine, you know, thinking like, wow, I can get Nick Saban and Bryce Young at plus money. How could I pass that up? I mean, you couldn't, and then you lost. But, you know, 
Uh, here tonight, you could have taken the fourth best well, team in the Auburn country. just didn't get their best player hurt. Mm. So the game is. Did you get a refund? No, not okay. at all. Uh, Auburn's going to get the win. Uh, impressive performance. We will uh, we'll, we'll get Jim on uh, later on tonight, get his thoughts. Uh, we've seen the number one team in the country go down. Auburn continues to impress. And um, the futures market, we'll see. Uh, BetMGM, we saw 30-1. to 1. Will that disappear by later tonight? 22-1 to 1 here at Circa. Some other 20-1s in town. You look at DraftKings, they've got 28-1, to 1, so a pretty good price there. Uh, at DraftKings on this Auburn team, which is about to improve to 15-1 and one on the season. Uh, how are your hockey bets there going there, Puckstradamus? Well, we're winning the, the Pittsburgh game. Uh, Pittsburgh's up 2-0, 13 minutes left in the second. But I also have over 5.5, and, and it's trending in that direction. I mean, the game could easily be over 5.5 goals already, so hopefully some of these will start going in. You know, I'd love to get – you know, to the end of the second and, and Pittsburgh be up 4-1, you know, something similar. You know, that sounds great, you know, if you're asking. If you're really concerned, but I think you're just trying to be sarcastic. But that's fine, too. See, I don't believe in mushes and, you know, all that. Either the, I'm, none of the ones playing. You know, once you put your ticket in, like, it is what it is. Like, if you lose, it's because, you know, you're on the wrong side. You, I've never seen you so defensive about something. Because it's okay. You mushed Aaron's ticket. I apologized. And uh, I don't know if you did. I did. But. Because I didn't do it intentionally. And I didn't believe I really played a role. Yeah, you did, though. Oh, Auburn. Mocking, mocking Alabama right now. Doing the, uh, the karate kid. The karate <laughs> kid move. I like that. I like it. I like 81-77. Auburn gets the win over Alabama. Very impressive. Fun game to watch there. And, uh, yep, I was on the wrong side of that one sometimes. Uh, you play a stinky line, and it's just a stinker. And uh, that was the case there. Um, so yesterday, the buzz was. By the way, shout out to Stats before we move yeah, on. Yeah, great great stuff. Two great lines, and I'm going to use them. I'm going to make them my own. I'm going to add them to my portfolio of stuff. Maybe not with that particular player, but he said Jimmy Garoppolo is an arsonist that fights fires. I thought that was goal. And he said Joe Burrow is a quarterback. He will press it till it hurts as far as his aggressiveness and taking advantage of all one-on-one situations involving Jamar Chase. So shout-out to my guy Stats, man. Great stuff. Yeah, good stuff there. Check out his podcast. We appreciate him uh, jumping on with us. But, you know, the Sorry for interrupting you too. The, uh, the big topic yesterday was how can Brian Flores get fired and Joe Judge keep his job. Well, ultimately, Joe Judge did not keep his job. I don't know if it was too much backlash or the Mara family finally came to their senses that, hey, maybe our coach is a moron and running a quarterback sneak third and nine from our own four-yard line isn't a great play to do. So here are our coaching vacancies. Let's start with the Raiders. They have now made the playoffs. Do what do the Raiders need to do, or or is it they don't do anything for Rich Basaccia to keep that job? Well, because we know the rumors well, about Harbaugh. Well, if I'm Mark Davis, right. I have to decide first of all, and I have no idea what percentage of blame was on who John Gruden and Mike Mayock, but I have to decide. Okay. 
what am I going to do at GM? Because think about if the Raiders had actually had successful first rounds the last three years, and those players were actually contributing people on this team. You're talking about Colin Farrell. Um, Colin Farrell, yeah. Uh, Cleland Farrell, uh, what's the uh, receiver? Uh, Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the DB in that class with him, is always, also got cut. I mean, you're talking about guys that aren't even on the team or they're inactive. Right. So that's the first thing I think you have to address because there's a huge vacuum, in my opinion, of upper echelon talent in certain areas, and it all directly correlates to failed draft picks, bad draft picks. So that's where you start. Then I have to decide, okay, how much power am I going to give my GM? Am I not going to give him enough power where if he says, I don't think we can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, that we actually go in a different direction as an organization? I think you have to decide all of that first. Then once I decide that, okay, now I try and figure out what do I want to do at head coach. But to me, if you want the organization to be healthy long term, you have to start from the very top and work your way down. And if you're not going to be in a situation where the head coach is also the GM, I think you have to start at GM. Because to me, if the GM is not involved in the hiring of the head coach, there's always going to be friction. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. So when you look at all these jobs, Sean, Raiders, Jags, Broncos, Bears, Dolphins, Vikings, and now the Giants, what is the best situation to walk into is it Miami, back-to-back year? I so, mean, so here's the interesting thing, before you bring your thought to this. I would have thought Miami, but it also raises some red flags to me that this team that was a dumpster fire four years ago brings in Brian Flores, has back-to-back winning season, and then fires their head coach. So I don't know what to think about Miami. There are certainly questions at the quarterback position. So I think on the surface, Miami is intriguing, but the Stephen Ross... Uh, piece to it makes it kind of questionable. Yeah, stop me. leading the witness. I wasn't going to say All Miami. Right. Uh, can we? Yeah, the NFL coaching vacancy. And let me put context on this. Here's what I was going to say. I don't know the exact salary cap situation for the six organizations because mm-hmm. that plays a role. Sure. You know, from just the surface glance, the only one that is allocating a extremely significant part of that cap to the quarterback would be the Vikings. Yep. So if you're going to... Uh, Raiders, too. No, nah, the car's not making the same amount of money as Cousins. It's not making it as Cousins, right. but... Okay, Dolphins and Jaguars. So, I, I just, so, so oh, let me rank just right off the top. I think the Broncos are the best destination because you have a lot of young pieces in place that are extremely talented and you're not pigeonholed at what you can do at quarterback. So there's no one in that organization that's going to say, we have to have Drew Locke or we have to have Teddy Bridgewater. So if you want to go in the quarterback direction through the draft, that's fine. If there's a free agent out there that you want to pursue, there are no impediments currently to you at the quarterback position. And you have a lot of the other pieces already in place. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sullivan, Javante Williams, you know, Patrick Sertain had a great you know, rookie campaign. So there are a lot of pieces there. Only difficult part about that is your division. I mean, you're in the division with Patrick Mahomes. So you have to take that into account. To me, the next destination, depending on their cap situation, would be the Vikings. Because even though Kirk Cousins is not one of the top five guys, he's in that next group. And you have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and a defense when healthy 
that has some significant talent, you know, so you have a lot of the things in place there to win quickly. The Dolphins' job is very appealing, but I need it in writing, not handshake, not words. I get to do what I want to do at quarterback, and that have to come from Chris Gear, Chris Greer, and Stephen Ross. I, I, as the head coach, get to make the decision on the quarterback. You know, because that's what ultimately got Brian Flores fired. He did not. It came out to me, and I went back and looked this up. There's an article written right after the draft that Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert. And Chris Greer overruled him and took Tua. <laughs> so I can see now when the, the reports are that Flores and Greer fought over Tua. I, I, me too. Yeah. I'm looking at Justin Herbert on ESPN top 10 plays every week, and I'm looking at Tua on the bottom 10. So, I mean, absolutely. That would be a point of, of reason that we'd have to come to a solution to. I want to carry this over to the next segment, but you, know, you look at the Giants, which is a, a dumpster fire of, a, of an organization right now. Gettleman's gone. Judge is gone. If Flores is the guy, apparently there's a link with him and Deshaun Watson. If that is a, a match potentially coming, that division always feels gettable. It's the nightcap here on VSIN. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all our shows, download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. You'll get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops with Hoops Peterson and many more. They're all free and available now. Beeson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the nightcap here on Beeson. Puckstradamus has got some uh, got some plays out there. How you doing here, Puckstradamus? Well, we're 2-1 now in the Penguins. What do you have in that one? Penguins and over. Okay. So I think we're about halfway through the second period, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, three goals. I need three more to hit the uh, over five and a half. It's kind of frustrating because the game should be over already. I mean, it's been like an offensive game, and just for whatever reason, the puck doesn't seem to want to go into the actual net as much as I need it to. But we're alive. And then what would you have in uh, Golden Knights? I had uh, Toronto. Okay. They're up 2-1. All right, there you go. See, positive energy from some people on this desk yeah, as appreciate opposed to it. others. Uh, so we were talking about – Yeah, so we were just uh, – Going over the coaching, you know, and there are odds out there. Um, let's just say <laughs> in warm locations um, for other, for, for who will be the next head coach at particular spots. And, uh, oh, we do have DraftKings odds. All right, never mind. Um, so the cap situation, Aaron was, uh, was going through the figures with us. The Dolphins have the most cap space right now of any team of the, Available available coaching positions. $72 million for the Dolphins. The Jaguars have $63 million. We didn't mention the Jaguars. Is this job intriguing? Not to me. They have the number one overall pick. <clears throat> they play in a division, in my opinion, that's 
pretty gettable. The Colts don't have a first-round pick. They also don't have a quarterback that's worth a lick. The Titans are fine. I I understand that you know, the Jaguars haven't done anything since that AFC Championship game. They got a ton of cap space, but you got to intrigue players to come down there, which is always a an, always an issue. Who would make sense for the Jaguars? See, I don't think the Jaguars need to hire someone to necessarily win. And hear me out. They need to hire someone to get them headed in the right direction with a full tank of gas. And I think that's Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Like, they need someone to come in, someone who can be a liaison with Shad Khan. Okay, if you want this to be long-term successful, this is where we have to improve. I can help us get there. And then somebody else come in and take it over the hump. And that's why I'd be terrified of this job if I was a guy like Byron Leftwich. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about winning games. It's about creating a culture. It's about fixing a culture that exists that's extremely broken. And it's about the fact that from a talent standpoint, you're in the bottom 10% of the league as, as you currently sit. And the only way you get talented free agents to come to Jacksonville is by overpaying. And history has said that to overpaying free agencies, a death wish. Oh, yeah. So let me play devil's advocate for either Byron Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy. Bill O'Brien is is the betting favorite at DraftKings. Which, by the way, Bill O'Brien called a terrible football game yesterday. And I, not to go off on a tangent, because we're going to get back to who may be the next head coach of the Jaguars. It really, really bothers me that a guy like O'Brien, who decided it was good to trade DeAndre Hopkins for a running back from Arizona, which shows he has no management skills. Yeah. Keep him away from, from the front office. He also has the second-best collection of talent in all of college football. And against Cincinnati's defense, they had 17 points in the fourth quarter. Against Georgia's, what was the score, 13-9 to nine at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh-huh. or 13-12. So, I mean, what is all the Bill O'Brien hype? Because the name's familiar. Like, that offense didn't look remotely as explosive as it did with Steve Sarkeesian the year before. Well, they did have Devontae. Well, they had Jamison Williams and Mechie for the majority of the year. Even though both caught 1,000 yards, I'm just talking about the presentation, the inability to figure out Georgia's blitzes and get the proper offensive protector in the proper spot, the inability in the red zone to score touchdowns two weeks in a row, last two games, against the Bearcats and Georgia. Bama couldn't score in the red zone. They set up for field goals. You know, so how is this guy – all of a sudden on everybody's next head coach list. Like, it's a pet peeve. It bothers me to no end. Yeah, um, I could go either way. I mean, he was an abs- He was the worst GM in the league by miles and miles and miles. They did go to the playoffs a whole heck of a lot down there in Houston, uh, but he kind of I, – I, if I were the Jaguars, I would not go the Bill O'Brien route. I'll just say that. Um, I, I think the Jaguars' job is intriguing. Why? Because you have Trevor Lawrence. Do you like him? I do. Didn't he lead the league in interceptions? I'm not Didn't mistaken. Peyton Manning as a rookie? Yeah, he Peyton threw a lot more touchdowns than Trevor did. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I think it was 26 and 28 for Peyton as a rookie. I thought, I thought Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good against one of the better defenses in the country. He did play and, good and, against the Colts. Yeah. He did. So, And I'm not anti-Trevor either. I mean, I mean, everyone, I don't know. I, I think the Jaguars' job, you get the number one overall pick again. Uh, whether it be Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. If you're the head coach, 
do you have any say in who that is? I guess one thing for the organization, I think the head yeah, I think the head coach should have some say so. Okay. Well, I mean, what 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 route would you want to go? I'm just saying, having the number one pick is is better than not having the number one pick. Right. No, absolutely. And I guess I'm always all of my comments are from the context that we were trying to rank the jobs. Right. And I'm not saying it's the number one job. Right. I'm just saying it's an appealing job. And you know, for Byron Leftwich, who was a former Jaguar, or Eric Bieniemy, who has been you know, done wrong, in my opinion, year after year after year. Both of those guys are quarterback guys. Kellen Moore also as well. I think Doug Peterson's an intriguing op- option as well, Super Bowl winning coach. I wouldn't go Josh McDaniels. I think he has proven he's a failure as a head coach. Maybe he's learned his way. I don't know. Um, I just think it's, it's an intriguing job. I'm not saying it's the best job, but to me – I think Shad Khan and that ownership group will be patient. They were going to be patient with Urban Meyer if he wasn't a, a complete and utter disaster. Mm-hmm. So I think that also has to weigh in on things too. The patience of your ownership, are they going to allow you to help rebuild this organization? What about the Bears? They've got Justin Fields. Uh, they've got decent amount of cap space. That division, Aaron Rodgers may not be there next year. Um, I think Chicago can be a destination that people would like to go to. Russell Wilson, when he put out that list last year, it was on there. Um, Jim Harbaugh is the favorite to be that head coach. Is the Bears' job appealing to you? Well, I think it all starts with what do you think of Justin Fields? I think you the know, jury's still out. If, if I'm talking about if you're going to take the job, I'm talking if I'm going to take the GM Justin or the Fields. head coaching job, I have to be all in on Justin Fields, and the owner has to say, you know what, you have carte blanche to do as you wish with the roster. And if you don't believe in Justin Fields and we can move him or if we need to draft another one, so be it. I'd have to be very clear on that position because otherwise then you shouldn't take that job because you're inheriting a quarterback that's going into his second year that you already have legitimate question marks well, about. When so, you say Chicago and, and Jacksonville are similar in that regard, if you're going to take that job, you've got to be all in on Lawrence or all in on Fields, right? And I think because of Lawrence's skill set, a lot more people would be comfortable than would be with Justin. What about – so Harbaugh's the favorite. Harbaugh, we know, is going to be intrigued about going back to the NFL – Las Vegas is obviously the the likeliest landing spot if he were to jump back in. But with Rich Bisaccia's success, maybe he keeps that job. There's going to be a push for that. He's a former Bear, and he play, he coached against Justin Fields. He got lit up by Justin Fields. And then you go back to San Francisco. Who gave him his most success? Colin Kaepernick, a mobile quarterback. Would Jim Harbaugh make some sense in Chicago? Mm. Maybe. It'd be up to Jim. I don't know how Jim feels about Justin Fields. Well, it's, I think it's all about does he want to go back to the NFL. And from, but you don't want to from go, all accounts, he does. He's in a good position because he doesn't have to do anything. Sure. You, you know, he can entertain some things yeah. and, you know, come back and get J.J. McCarthy. What's in a better two. job, Raiders or Bears? Raiders. Why? Well. Mention the division. First of all, Decent I can live. I'm, I'm not in love with Derek Carr, but I can live with. At some point, Derek he's going to need more money too. Then we'll probably have to move on, so we'll have to have a contingency plan. 
But also, I just think with that D line, it's younger yeah, than good. the Bears really front good. seven. Uh, so I probably would tend to think we have a couple more years of high level play front seven on defense in Las Vegas than we would in Chicago. And the Bears, remember, don't have a first round pick. They traded that away to get Justin Fields. That'll be owned by the New York Giants. It's the nightcap here on Visa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great offer to help make you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VSIN Plus. All access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and you get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on uh, one of our best deals of the year. Head over to vcin.com. <clears throat> slash big deal what's up sean can i just shout out one of our twitter followers you sure because can. uh we really appreciate the people that listen to the show so uh kevin francis uh is one of our twitter followers he's listening he's been into hockey like i am um and just update everybody on my puck Shadamas play tonight i took the panthers and lightning on the puck line uh never in doubt in either game five one i think lightning win five two panthers win to Finish out the four-leg parlay. I have Penguins and Penguins over five and a half. So we're at three to one. Penguins up going into the third period here. So I need two goals, preferably not both by the uh, the Ducks here. But let's pull it in. Let, let, let's pull it in. Uh, the total on the game is six and a half on the in-game betting line. So that makes me feel good. So, well, I just need six. Just six. I got a good number on the total. It's hard to find five and a halves. I've never seen a total of seven in a hockey game, but the Avalanche are going to force them to do it. (laughs) I mean, the Avalanche, they they, I think the Avalanche was six and a half. The night against the Predators, it was 4-4. 
Like they, I, I can't tell you the last game. Uh, it wasn't at least seven goals in an Avs game. It, it's unbelievable. It was so. juice to the under as well. Was Six it? and a half juice to the under. So you could have got even money on the over in uh, Preds. It was Colorado. four four last time I saw. Uh, I five won. four Nashville won. Yeah, uh, that one. So uh, I thought that was a good spot for Nashville because uh, Avs were playing second night of a back to back, but they're really good, man. They're talented. Mm. You missed our hockey conversation with Banksy. I did. Yeah, you were uh, you were on location. I was. Yeah. Um. All right. So we just had a, a, a lengthy discussion when it comes when it comes to uh, head coaching. Uh, vacancies. Um, I guess just sum it up. Do you think Jim Harbaugh is coaching in the NFL next year? 100%. Where do you think that is? Zero uh, percent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've said the Raiders. I know. Before, but the only reason I'm not as gung-ho now on the Raiders is because I think Mark has a really difficult decision to make with Rich Passaccia. I, I agree. You know, my Harbaugh to the Raiders, I knew – I had really, really solid information that Harbaugh was going to make the jump back to NFL. That he just was fed up and tired with yeah. the new environment that exists in college football. And the Raiders were the place I kept hearing, but this was under the assumption that they did not make the playoffs. Right. You know, now, I mean. It's a tough, it's a tough yeah. choice. I mean, when Rich Passaccia comes in your office, I mean, and he's a guy that's been up for head coaching opportunities in the National Football League. So it's not like. You know, he's some unknown commodity. And he finally got his opportunity, and he proved himself. I mean, the Raiders don't have anywhere near as talented a roster as the Chargers do. And yet, they won that game. They're in the playoffs. I don't know if it, it would be a mistake to keep him. I don't know if it would be a mistake to let him go. I feel like at this point, with everything they've dealt with this year that's been put on his plate as an interim head coach, the guy has more than earned the job. And I think if you're Mark Davis, you know, players will get over things, but and I, let me I feel you. like you I feel like at this point you gotta keep unless they get their doors blown off on Saturday, which is possible. Right. You know, it's possible. Um I, I feel like you gotta keep Asachi. And whether it's right if, or wrong, if, if, I don't know. I know what would probably happen, and this is just my assumption based on, you know, my history um inside the lines, on the sideline. He'll get offered an opportunity to stay as assistant head coach and special teams coach. And if you're Basaccia, depends. I my my follow up question to you was going to be if you were the owner of one of the other five teams with a head coaching opening, mm -hmm. would you be considering Rich Basaccia? Has this been enough to catapult him past just the okay, Cowboys interviewed Rich Passaccia for their head coaching position to someone who actually is going to get one of the available jobs. Has he done enough in your mind? He has, but I don't know if he would be a legitimate candidate. I don't know. I, I feel like he definitely has. He's proven that. But I'm making you the owner. You own the Jaguars. You own the Giants. You own the Vikings. You own the Bears. You own the Broncos. Is Rich Basaccia, if you're the owner, a candidate to be your head coach and one that you are comfortable with hiring? I'll say this. If I'm the Jaguars, you mentioned Jim Caldwell, right? Mm -hmm. Veteran, proven winner. I think he could make – he'd be an interesting hire down there because he, he's not a long-term solution. He's 61 years old, but 
he's proven that he can right the ship. And maybe that's what you need. You hi- I don't know. I, if I'm an owner, I'm impressed. And if I'm the Raiders, I think, yeah, Mark Davis is a really difficult decision because Jim Harbaugh is a proven winner and has proven it, and I think he's ready to go back to the NFL. But See, I've got you boxed in. You do. And I'm about to I put, don't have an I'm answer. I'm about to put the yellow tape around you because you won't answer. I made you the owner. I just made you worth a couple you billion just, dollars. Whoa, 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 whoa. Would you hire Rich Basaccia? No, probably not. Okay. So Would that's, you? That's absolutely 100%. Okay, where? At any of those spots. I feel unbelievably comfortable. Huh? Will he be? I don't know that. And, and that's now I'm going to put the yellow tape around you. Well, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't own any of those franchises. Well, neither I just do said I. If I. But I said if I was the owner, I would hire Rich Basaccia because the, I want somebody. So if you were the owner of the Jaguars and you had, and everyone wanted to go there, Harbaugh, Leftwich, Bienemy, Moore, Caldwell, everyone, you would pick Rich, Rich Basaccia. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That's a no. Only, only, only reason that would be interesting because of the success that Jim Caldwell. Brian Flores. Uh, I was going to get to Flores. Only reason would be because of uh, Harbaugh's success in San Francisco last time he was in the National Football League. You cannot overlook that. 100%. Jim Caldwell led the Indianapolis Colts to a Super Bowl berth. And, and the Lions. Was, had the Lions' success, yeah. you know. And then Brian Flores, I think, is a heck of a coach. I don't blame him for being vocal about the fact that we can't win anything of significance with Tua, especially if what the reports are true. And he wanted Justin Herbert. And you also have to, I mean, if you're Jacksonville, if you're Shad Khan, or apparently Sean King is the owner, I think Byron Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy or Kellen Moore is interesting. Because, or, so Kellen Moore is not in the conversation. Or, or Doug Peterson. Yeah. Because who do I have as my quarterback? My franchise revolves around the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Kellen Moore's never been the coordinator. This is his first time being the coordinator of a playoff team, if I'm not mistaken, right? This is the first time since he was OC the Cowboys made the playoffs? Uh, yes, I believe that's right. Right, so I mean, he's Okay, not, well, I'm yeah. just saying. I know, I know. I just like to shoot things down like that because people like to throw names, not you necessarily, but like I always, well, I mean, sometimes the, the I re- reason the name is up there is he's been interviewed for the job, right? Or will right. be interviewed, absolutely. For the job. And you know, it was telling to me that when McCarthy missed, he wasn't the interim. That's true. That's very true. Um, and this is a knock on Kellen. I actually covered the Mountain West Conference when he was still the quarterback at Boise. So, me by and, the way, how did Dan Quinn? Me and Kellen, how, me and the Broncos are, cool. are really going to interview Dan Quinn? Did, did they miss? Did that those four years just like go absent from their minds? Right. Some guys are coordinators and I some mean, guys are head coaches. Dan Quinn's a coordinator. Unbelievable. You just hired a defensive guy who was a failure, and you're going to interview another <clears throat> defensive guy who was a failure. Did, at, you, did you see what? Uh, what? You know what? You know what Denver's trying to do though. You know they asked to interview the uh, OC in Green Bay and Nathaniel the quarterback Hackett. and the quarterback coach. <laughs> They want Rodgers. Come on. They you want Rodgers. All right. I, I don't know. Where does Flores end up? He's going to be a head coach next year. I think he goes to New York. That's my hunch. I don't. Where do you think he goes? I don't think. And here's why. Is he a head New coach York next year? has minus $3 million in cap space. So I just don't think you take over a friend. I know they have two first-round picks. I don't yep. know. Off the top of my head, not exactly sure. Both top ten. But he just left an organization where he didn't love the quarterback. There's no way that he can like Daniel Jones. 
There's not really one I think that's a transcendent talent in this uh, actual draft, and he doesn't have enough cap space to take on a Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. So I don't think the Giants will be on this list. And he can be choosy. Brian Flores can always choose us to go to television for a year and wait for a better opportunity. I don't think we solved anything here. We'll get back to the playoff games. Eric Eager, our guy from PFF, will join us top of the hour right here on the Nightcap. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.